Thanks for checking out this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. On Twitter, it's at Jason Davis Voice. This podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. Joining me for this episode of the podcast, my good pal, Eric Reitz. Eric. Hey, Jason. How are you? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been too damn long. I know. We've been kind of uh, holding out trying to do this in person, but now with a global pandemic, which I wasn't going to mention, but, you know, what the hell, we might as well point it out. It's, um, well, Memorial Day weekend of the pandemic 2020. Yeah, when we're recording. We're going to carry on and try to bring Lighten you up. Uh, the mood. Yeah, we're going to try and bring you some fun <laughs> stuff to listen to while you're uh, locked down, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It always takes a little extra time to get my computer ills fixed <laughs> yeah every time every we try time, to do one of these remotely i don't know what it is i mean even the night before i get things set up and uh -huh. everything's fine and then no when it's time to do it my computer has you know screen fright or something i don't know <laughs> i'm glad we worked it all out we're here we're ready to record so let's yes. jump into it what are we talking about we're talking about porkies Porkies. Pork now remember, why are we doing this one? I don't know why, actually. We were talking about Revenge of the Nerds. Okay. You brought Porkies up as like a comparison, and I said, no way. Porkies is much raunchier, and it doesn't have the heart and the lessons that Nerds does. See, and you I disagree. You did not agree. Right. So you challenged me to watch it again, and we and we would talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so now let's talk about it. Porky's uh, released March 19th, 1982, written and directed by Bob Clark. And he actually gathered material for the movie over a 15 year period. It's kind of a, a composite of, of different stories that happened to friends from high school and college, as well as his own personal memories. On one of the DVD commentaries, he compared himself closest to the characters of Pee Wee, Billy and Tommy. Yeah, and watching this movie, yeah, I'm thinking, what the heck kind of high school life did he lead? We'll, get, um, we'll totally mean, get into that in a second. We'll get nuts. I guess I had a pretty sheltered life, but man, yeah. oh man. <laughs> Believe me, I, I'm totally with you. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So <laughs> the movie stars Dan Monahan, Mark Harrier, Wyatt Knight, Kim Cattrall, and Alex Karras. There's really Kim no Cattrall. big names in this. And yeah. That was her start, really. She was like the biggest, like, you know, the person that had the most success yeah. after this, pretty much, in the movie. Uh, yeah. Estimated budget of $2.5 million. And it made, like, what, over $110 million, Yeah, $111.3 million uh, domestically. <laughs> it's the second highest grossing R-rated film of 1982 behind An mm -hmm. Officer and a Gentleman. In 1982, Porky's was the top movie in the USA for eight weeks and was second only to the 16 weeks that Steven Spielberg's E.T. held the number one box office spot. So this movie was wow. a huge success when it came out. Just to continue on that vein, it was the highest grossing movie from Canada for 24 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very As of cool. 2010, it was still the third highest. And then by 2010, it was finally eclipsed even further by Resident Evil. And the only person I remember, as far as the main group of people that went on to something else, Dan Monahan, who plays Pee Wee, was in right. a couple of movies that I remember on uh, the 80s, a movie called Up the Creek. Right. And then he also did a movie with Judd Nelson called From the Hip, which was very good too. Um, John Hurt was in that as well. And then we got Alex Karras, Karras. Yeah. Alex Karras, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the ex-NFL player, obviously right. not a huge 
you know, acting name at the time, but you know, I remember him fondly as Mongo. <laughs> Something with the choo choo go. But also, money wise, it was the first movie to gross over a million pounds at the Irish box office. Oh, that's interesting. So Alex Karras also went on to be the father on the TV series Webster. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Alex Karras in real life was married to the actress who plays Cherry Forever, Susan Clark. Oh my which, God. Yeah, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't she the mom on Webster too? Was she the mom? Yeah, yeah, she was the mom on Webster. So they, they were like a famous oh, wow. like acting couple. Hollywood power couple. Yeah, who knew? So the director, Bob Clark, also directed another movie we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, not you and I, but Sue and I. A Christmas Story, which everyone considers a classic. Absolutely. He wanted to do A Christmas Story. Yeah. The studio didn't want to make A Christmas Story. So he agreed to do Porky's 2 the next day in 1983. Right in order for the studio to make a Christmas story. That's kind of cool, I think. You were thinking that this movie doesn't really have heart and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna disagree with you. There's a couple of things that are going on. Obviously, you know, there's a, a fair amount of raunch in this movie. The movie takes place in 1954, I think. Right. And I'm basing that on, I, I saw like one of the license plates on the car had a sticker mm-hmm. that said 54. So I wasn't alive in 1954. I don't know how people talked. I don't know how people acted. But I think right. it's pretty safe to say that teenage boys since the dawn of time have been trying <laughs> to get laid. It is very honest in that respect. Right. That boys are really sex perverts. Right. So. Now you were saying earlier, I must have had a real sheltered life. I have to agree, there was never a time when I was a teenager that I would have gotten together with all my buddies and sat naked in a room waiting to get laid by a hooker. No, no. Uh, You know, I mean, after three or four times, you kind of don't do that anymore. (laughs) But I mean, some of the stuff was fun. All right. You know, with the eggs and smashing the eggs and some of these silly hijinks. That's one thing. But then taking a chainsaw to the structural supports of a go-go bar. Okay, it's a movie. I know. I need to back off and just yeah. like and flow with it. I think you're um, getting too and, uh, philosophical for, well, for you know, a teenage movie. When I was 16 and I saw the movie, I liked it. I mean, right. it did stick in my mind enough that as a dad, it's not something I recommended my my boys to watch. Okay. You know, yeah, it's not an 80s movie that I would recommend if they want to go see it. You know, go see it. I feel like. When I first saw this movie, um, I probably saw it when it first, if I didn't see it in the theater when it first came out, which I probably didn't because um, in 1982, I would have been kind of young to see an R-rated movie in the theater. But I had a very cool mom that let my brother and I watch anything R-rated that we wanted to, you know, on HBO or whatever. So I might have seen it like a year later. I'm probably like 12 or 13 years old about when I see this for the first time. Wow. So this was a, a revelation at that age. I thought it was the greatest fucking thing ever when I first saw it. <laughs> I will say this, the humor has not aged well for me. Not that I'm offended by it, it's just I wasn't laughing as, as much as I did originally when I saw it. There's still certain scenes in the movie that hold up as being very funny. The Lassie stuff is still funny to me. Yeah, Lassie's funny. Um, in general, this movie does not paint women in a positive light. It doesn't paint anybody in a positive light. Here's the thing, every guy in this movie is a sex-crazed lunatic, you know? <laughs> Even the coaches. Right, um, and the older coach. Oh. Yeah, like that whole thing, like who, like what grown men act like that ever, you know? Uh, yeah. Maybe in, ni- you know. in the 1950s, maybe like men and women had a very distinct, I mean, it's, I'd hate to think that Role things were, yeah, I mean, thing. I mean, you know, maybe things were that backward back then. 
And I was going to say that, you know, it, it'd be really easy to say, oh, well, man, this is totally an 80s movie because it's very politically incorrect. But the time yeah. frame that it takes place in is probably even more politically incorrect. The 1950s, I mean, right. men and women were definitely not on the same playing field even remotely back then, probably. There's nothing wrong with throwing in, like, a strong female character. I mean, watching this movie and thinking about it... I'm sure they me, existed in the 50s, right? Strong women existed in the 50s. Wonder Woman. Yeah, but I mean, right? real. I'm talking about real women. I'm sure there were real women in the 1950s that didn't take shit from men. Right, yeah. But, but I guess there's well, no place for them in a movie like Porky's. When I was thinking about this, how... The girls, they're mainly, they're all just, you know, like sex objects, which I guess that you could say, well, that's what teenage boys think of them. But Cherry Forever, in my mind, she was the strongest woman, right. you know, even though she was a prostitute, right? she was controlling the boys. Totally. You know, she was pretty much in charge of that whole situation. Yeah. Like the um, whole, uh, so, we better put a board yeah. across his ass, needle dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, and Pee Wee's so small. What do you use for a jock strap? <laughs> a Is peanut a and a rubber band, <laughs> right? But even like Miss uh, Ballbreaker, yeah, she was a strong character. I mean, right. she was being made fun of the whole time. As a kid, it, to me, was very funny how at the end, you know, she just kind of loses it with you know having to find and identify that penis, right? You know, which yeah. was great. I mean, it's very funny. That is a funny line when they're having the meeting with the principal. I just like that whole scene. And you notice yeah. it's a very long, uncut scene. Yeah, the, the whole, like, you know, uh, you're saying I should, you know, we should get all the tallywhackers together. <laughs> right. Tallywhackers. Just, I mean, so... Yeah, that was funny, too, that scene. The way it's shot, you know, with... Yeah. Her and the principal is the frame, and in the middle, you got the three coaches, like, trying not to laugh. Right. That yeah. was funny. Yeah, and that, then the, that when he suggests the, the sketch artist and all that. Yeah, that was a good scene. Right. But in, in terms of talking about the heart of the movie, producer mm -hmm. Don Carmody was Porky's raunchy, sure, but we live in a raunchy world. Critics totally ignored the deeper issues the picture raised. You'd be hard-pressed yeah. to find a review that mentioned our groundbreaking anti-anti-Semitism message. Right. Or the hard-hitting look at the dangers of the illegal sex trade. But they never ceased to mention Mike Hunt. Years <laughs> later, American Pie ripped us off to astounding acclaim. And what did that movie teach kids? Don't deflower your dessert. So, I mean, I think the way that the Tim character, you know, learns to not be an anti-Semite and he stands up right. to his dad and, the, you know, the, the, you know, the abusive father and all that and how cool, right. you know, the character of Brian Schwartz was. Like, I think those are all important things that, that make this movie work because, you know, without that stuff then it is just a TNA flick. It's, there's really no substance to it whatsoever. That was an excellent message. Um, it was great how, you know, the character Schwartz always took the high road. Mm -hmm. You know, he never instigated anything. Right. Um, when he fought, he fought Kavanaugh honorably. Mm -hmm. You know, he obviously kicked his ass. Right. And But he, he played it cool. And then after he saw what a douche his dad was, he's like, you know what? I'm going to give this guy a little mercy. And he goes to the coaches yeah. and talks them into letting Kavanaugh back on the, uh, the basketball team, right. which was great. My only issue when he finally does confront his dad at the party and he says, if being a man like you <laughs> is being a man, then I'd rather be queer. Right. Okay. In my mind, that's not really great. No, that's awful. That's not really driving the point home. That is a horribly written line uh, yeah. anytime, okay? Maybe, you know, in the 1950s, being gay was really 
frowned upon in society. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with being gay, it ne- and, and it right. never should have been a problem. But in the 50s, that's probably why he says that. It could have been so much better if he just said, you know, I'd rather, instead of being a man like you, I'd rather ram a railroad spike through my balls or something. <laughs> yeah, you something, know, yeah. that would have been better. <laughs> that would have been, you're right. Absolutely. Well, so, yeah, that, anyway. that's definitely a cringeworthy line for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a and lot of cringeworthy did. stuff. But again, you know, you have to take it in the context uh, of the movie and the time frame that it takes place in. So with Kim Cattrall's character, mm-hmm. I'm just staying on the women theme. Okay. Did you feel that she was being really objectified? You know, the whole thing. You think? The, <laughs> going up to the attic and oh, yeah, totally. the guy's dirty laundry. And yeah. She makes incredibly ridiculous faces and incredibly ridiculous noises yeah. that to me, it's like, all right, she's going way over the top. She's making this a cartoon character. So I'm not really that upset that she's ended up having sex with this guy up in the attic. So there's a story um, behind that. Oh, okay. So um, her character yeah. in the original script, Coach Brackett was supposed to make love to an actual werewolf. What? She was supposed to be an actual werewolf in the, in the original script. So she suggested, <laughs> she said, how about making the character, um, instead of being you know, turned on by a full moon, what if she was like a cheerleading coach who gets hot and bothered by sweaty gym clothes and then makes werewolf <laughs> noises? Then she doesn't have to have body hair and stuff. Oh, my God. Now, obviously, that stuff is all way over the top. Oh, yeah. And it's obviously way over the top for humor. But I think part of the problem is that that scene... Where they're, yeah. where they're going at it and she's howling and screaming and everything else. That goes yeah. on for a really long time in the movie. And, oh, and yeah. after a while, it's like, all right, already. You know, she's howling and everybody's, you know, like all the, you know, they're trying to pass the ball to each other and they can't do it. And the guy, you know, is laughing so hard he hides behind the mat and all that. Like, that's right, funny. Right. But I feel like that scene and the scene where Ball Bricker is uh, talking to the principal about like doing a lineup of the penises. Like those, <laughs> both of those two scenes, I think, go on just a skosh too long yeah that maybe takes away from the impact a little bit yeah and i totally agree they could have been cut a little bit shorter but in my mind those are two of the better scenes of the movie yeah they're funny but i think they would have been funnier if they were a little bit shorter too yeah that's all i mean and there was a lot of like funny stuff when they're going to porky's and meat is going to use his bible school card for his id (laughs) because it's like like, you know, who's going to believe a guy with a Bible school card is lying about his age? It's like, okay, that's pretty funny. One um, other thing really quick about the uh, the Lassie scene. Yeah. The guy who plays Coach Brackett, Boyd Gaines, said that yeah. Bob Clark uh, wanted to capture the spontaneity of, of two high school co-workers getting it on impromptu. So um, they didn't rehearse the scene at all. So the script simply said that Honeywell makes loud Lassie noises. So he, <laughs> he wasn't sure if she was going to bark or go arf-arf arf or bow-wow-wow or whatever. He said that Clark knew what he had in Catral, and right. they nailed it in one take. So everything that she does, that's all her. Like, she decided that, you know, she was going to, like, make the noises just like that and, and everything else. That's very funny. You know, like, that, that, oh. that's completely one take, improvised, not rehearsed in any way. Maybe that's why they kept all that in, because it was so over the top, and, and because it wasn't scripted, they thought, oh, this is gold. we got to, like, use all of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've always been really turned on by, by the boys' locker room. And she's like, <laughs> totally getting into it. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, really? She's like, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. like it the one part that <laughs> after she's really loud, he's like trying to calm her down and quiet yeah. her down. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
okay, yeah, and it's nice and quiet. And then she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just starts building up again and screaming. So I think this type of movie has been done better by other people. No disrespect to the people who were involved with this. But I think, you know, it hasn't aged as well as some other things. It's right. like I still enjoyed it, but I didn't laugh the way I laughed when I was younger and saw it. Yeah, actually, when I finished watching it, you know, I came because Kathy sat down to watch at the beginning. And as soon as it, you know, that opening scene with Pee Wee. Yeah. And he's with measuring himself with the ruler. She was just like, all right, I'm out of here. Every guy has measured his dick at some point. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be honest, I did a similar thing, but I did have a yardstick under my bed. Nice. So just, yeah. <laughs> but, but then when I was finished with the movie, she's like, oh, you're done? I didn't really hear you laugh. I'm like, yeah, I really, yeah. I didn't laugh. You know, there were a couple little guffaws here and there. Yeah. But there was, I mean, early on, they bring up the N word. That's very cringeworthy. But in the 1950s, it was one character saying that. But the other characters corrected him. You know, they were like, oh, you're a redneck. You know, of course, they were calling him colored, which is no which is no better nowadays. But but again, back in the 1950s, the vernacular was very different. You know, I'm not condoning it. Right. But uh, certainly the movie is written in a time frame that is doesn't really work very well nowadays. So that's probably why the movie hasn't aged well, not just because it's Mm -hmm. from the 80s, but because of the time frame that it takes place in. Very politically incorrect. So, right. And, you know, I'm just curious, like, if there was any thought, like, they took on anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they had thought at all about, I mean, there was, you know, one black character in the movie, and that was, you know, the guy wielding the, uh, right. the bloody machete. That's true. I mean, that doesn't age well either, obviously. No, not really. Yeah, a lot um, of the humor really doesn't age well, unfortunately. But, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think you just have to, you have to keep it in context. I didn't really laugh uh, as much as I laughed when I was younger and saw it for the first time. But, but again, when I was younger, it was also the 1980s. I wasn't as woke back then. Yeah, well, I was a stupid yeah. you know, 17-year-old. This is definitely written for very simple minds. Porky's ends with Wendy taking Pee-wee on the bus right. and popping his cherry. Right. But all the friends are right out there. I mean, is she a prostitute? What the hell are they doing? And I know. Did things happen that way? Do things happen that way? I, that's Maybe. never, that's never happened in, in any uh, reality that I've lived in. But that's you and me and our life. Maybe stuff like that does happen with a lot of other people in their regular lives. You know? Yeah. Maybe For, when they were teenagers or you know young 20s, just raunchy stuff like that. Yeah. For what it's worth, um, Dan Monahan, who plays Pee Wee in the movie, he said he was the only method actor in the group and he's you know, not a misogynist. So he said that he had to leave the set to decompress for a few days because he didn't like what he'd become. He said it took him months of living like a monk to get Pee Wee out of his system. Oh my God. Which I think is very interesting. These characters are pretty one dimensional for the most part. You know, oh, yeah. There's not a lot of depth to a lot of the characters in these movies. And that's unfortunate. You know, that's definitely on the, yeah. on the writing. I think people going into this movie at that time weren't looking for that. It was strictly a teen sex romp kind of thing. I think all in all, it's a movie that I don't really see myself revisiting these days because no. I, I don't. I think no. I'm over it. You know, yeah. back then I, I loved it. Recommend it to anybody? No, I loved it back then, but it, it hasn't aged well for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas Revenge of the Nerds, I can still enjoy because you know it's yes. about like the the underdog winning. This is an important thing to consider anytime you're watching these '80s teen sex comedies, right. and if you're our age, you know, because we're both in our fifties now. Yeah. I think congratulations you to... on that. So <laughs> <laughs> I made it to my fifties. So Woo. here's the thing: 
I think you have to go into these movies, and this is something that I probably didn't really do fully yesterday when I watched Porky's again for the podcast. You have to go into these movies watching them through your teenage eyes. Right. Don't watch them as a 50-year-old because they're not going to work. No way. Uh, Unless you're emotionally stunted. Exactly, which we're not. Obviously, every guy still has that teenage brain somewhere back in the recesses, you know, of their cranium. Right. Where they can access that immature, you know, (laughs) kind of thing, you know. Um, And that's the thing. I think both of us probably watched this movie again to talk about it for the podcast. We forgot to, like, put on our teenage goggles. I honestly didn't remember if I would have to because I guess I just didn't remember enough about the film when I saw it um, because I hadn't seen it at all, you know, since 1982. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, too. And, and there were things that I remembered, but there were definitely things that I had forgotten, too. But I'm saying I remember when you and I did the episode about Revenge of the Nerds, when I watched it, certainly acknowledging how politically incorrect it was, and, and we even talked about that on the podcast, but, but also going, I can still enjoy this because I remember when I saw it for the first time. And maybe Revenge of the Nerds was a movie that I enjoyed more back in the day yeah. than I than Porky's. Porky's I liked, yeah. but but Revenge of the Nerds I probably enjoyed more at that time. So that's why yeah. I can enjoy it more now too. If people are going, well, what does Revenge of the Nerds have to do with Porky's? I'll tell you. Not only are they both 80s movies and both raunchy movies and both politically incorrect and haven't aged very well, but they're both part of a collection that I have on Blu-ray called Guys Being Guys Party 3-Pack. It's Porky's... <laughs> It's Porky's, Revenge of the Nerds, and Bachelor Party in the set. Oh, Bachelor Party. Which is another movie that I still enjoy, but yeah. certainly as a man in my 50s go, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't, you know, have the same impact as it did as a teenager. Yeah, I haven't seen that since it was in the theater, so. Yeah, I don't um, know how, you're gonna, how you would feel about that one, because that's, <laughs> that's completely uh, debauchery. So, I don't know. I got nothing more on Porky's. Um, yeah, I'm, a movie I'm that I pretty... definitely enjoyed more back in the day um, has not yeah. aged well for me. I'm sad yeah, to no, say. Yeah, me neither. But, you know, hey, let us know what you think about it. If you're listening to this and, and you have an opinion, we'd love to hear. You can email us, screenfacts at yahoo.com, or you can tweet at Jason Davis Voice. The Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, internet and corporate video, e-learning, phone message, and more. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.